Hello, fellow grievers. You have found the leftover pieces, Suicide Loss Conversations, and I am Melissa, your podcast host. Join me for real conversations and candid talk on hard topics surrounding the loss of a loved one to suicide. I talk with other loss survivors, mental health experts, advocates, and sometimes I offer my own thoughts. Every week we explore the questions that haunt us, seek the courage to uncover the healing tools within us, and hopefully offer the comfort of a community that we all need so very much. It's true our hearts and lives have been shattered, but come along with me, and together let's choose to find meaning and even happiness amid the leftover pieces before us. Welcome. Hello, fellow grievers. Today... I know that you heard my full intro before this, but this is a rabbit hole episode. I'm just choosing to put my full intro in during this little bonus season that I'm having. So you have reached post season one, bonus episode one of the three that I'm going to be doing during my little break between season one and two. Season two launches June 6th, and I've got some really um, exciting guests coming up as well as some interesting topics that I plan to speak on. So today, I'm going to go down the rabbit hole and discuss a topic that's taking up a lot of my time these days, Clubhouse. If you haven't heard, I would be surprised, but Clubhouse is all the buzz and the rage in the social media world right now. It's an invite-only social application for drop-in audio. So what does that mean? Well, up until just this last week, Clubhouse was actually being beta tested and was only available to Apple iOS users. So in other words, you needed to have an iPhone. But this last week, they opened it up to the Android market. And now anybody can get on Clubhouse. I think you still have to have an invite, which is why when you see things on my social media, and other people's social media, they are saying, feel free to DM me for an invite. It doesn't mean you have to be invited to every room. It just means you have to be invited the first time to be on Clubhouse. So what exactly does Clubhouse do and why would you join? Well, like I said, it's a live discussion drop-in audio app. So you're going to see people's little face icons And you're going to hear live conversation going on in what they call rooms. I'll do a little bit of a, what does that mean? What is a room? What are the subject matters on Clubhouse kind of talk here? And then I'm going to go into why I'm doing this today, why I'm going down the rabbit hole and talking about Clubhouse. Because where grievers are concerned the big question I'm going to tackle is what are my thoughts on clubhouse with grief as a topic in a room and or anything really around the mental health space. And what do I think about that now that I've had some time? So let me back up just a minute and go back to what does clubhouse like what does it mean when you get into clubhouse? So there's a couple of places in clubhouse that it's important to understand. Like when you first get in there, um, you're entered into what's called a hallway. So you'll get to see 
some of the different rooms that are going on. And I'm going to assume that some of the algorithms that exist before you have preferences set probably let you just see rooms that are popular or maybe being uh, put on by um, more active clubhouse users with a lot of followers. But once you actually pick your interests and start following people, those rooms that are being highlighted that are currently live will align with the people you're following and or the interests and clubs that you're following. So there's two main spaces in clubhouse, which is rooms and clubs. And they're just kind of that a club is a bigger like an umbrella and the rooms are what exists underneath of them. So rooms can exist without being in a club. But for example, the room that I co moderate every week on Wednesday at 2.30pm Eastern time called life after suicide with three other two other women in the UK is under the umbrella of the club evolving through grief. And the reason for that is that you're just really combining more, more people make more power. So it allows the the room to maybe be visible to more people and more relevant to the subject matter, in our case, grief. And then underneath that, we're a more specific umbrella to life after suicide. So that kind of explains that. So I'm going to talk a little bit. I I know there's plenty of places you can go. So one of the things I would encourage for you to do is if you either haven't used Clubhouse or are new to it, but it just has you lost, which was kind of what I was doing in the beginning, see if you can find a little beginner room. They have them kind of several times a day, where if you're a beginner Clubhouse uh, user, they can kind of go over all the tips and tricks of having a successful experience on Clubhouse. But my, I'll give you just a basic, just a basic tutorial, um, because I would love to have anybody listening um, come to our room, if at all possible, on two thir- two, at 2.30 Eastern Time Wednesdays, and join in on the conversation if you would so like to regarding life after suicide. So here's my little basic tutorial, and I won't spend a lot of time because there is a lot of information out there, but I want you to understand the basics. So this takes away a little bit of the intimidation factor maybe of going on Clubhouse. The first thing that's going to you want to know about is in the lower right hand, when you enter a room, you'll be entered into the audience. So entering a room just involves poking that room on your screen and you'll be entered in and you'll be in the audience and you'll automatically be muted. But your mute button is in the lower right corner. It's the little microphone. And that becomes important if you decide to quote unquote go up on stage. So the ne- how you would do that is the little hand down there next to the microphone. That little hand means you're going to raise your hand and ask to be on stage. Now, like I said, every room isn't set up that way. Some rooms are listen only, so it's an educational topic. Some rooms have hundreds of people in them, so you're really just going to be listening. But there are plenty of rooms out there, especially in the space that we're talking about, where 
you will want to raise your hand and either go up and ask a question of the moderators or other people on stage or offer something if they're asking you to share something and you might want to do that. When you get put up on stage for the first time, you will not automatically be muted. So be prepared to mute yourself. If not, the moderators will probably jump in and mute you until it's your turn to speak. So then for me, the next thing to kind of know that's just a basic is most people that are in Clubhouse will start by saying, hi, thank you for allowing me to come on stage and speak or something like that. And they'll usually say their name. So I would say, hi, it's Melissa. I appreciate you having me on stage. And then I'll launch into whatever it is, whether it's a question or a contribution that I'm making. And then the other thing is you'll start hearing people say, this is Melissa and I'm complete, or this is Melissa and I'm finished. And then they mute themselves. So they start with their name and they end with their name in some version of I'm done, I'm complete, I'm finished. And the reason for that is Clubhouse is very uniquely inclusive in that they're trying to create an environment for the hearing impaired that are following along on a visual script. And it greatly helps them understand who's talking and when they're done talking so that they don't get confused. If you were just reading a bunch of words, imagine if you didn't know someone was done talking, you might really get lost if, if the words all just went together from next speaker. So I think that's a super great thing. And once I had it in my head that that's what it was about, it made it much easier for me to remember. And now it's a habit. So the other thing is, is all of the, just some basics, the little green stars that appear next to the people that are usually at the top of the room means that they're moderators. That's all it means. They're people that have control over putting people on and off the stage and basically guiding the room and keeping the conversation flowing and things like that. If you're in a club room, you'll see a little green, it looks like a Monopoly house up by the club name. So in our case, it would say evolving through grief. And there's a little clubhouse, a uh, greenhouse, and then our room is underneath it. Well, you can touch that little green house, and that will allow you to follow the club. So in the same vein, you can then start, and I encourage you to, if you're in a room, while you're listening, you can the app will stay running unless you get out of it. Even if you get onto your phone and you're doing other things, it will stay running um, in your in your on your audio. So you can touch individual faces or icons of people in the room. It allows you to follow them if they're in the same space as you are, or they say something that resonates with you. You can look at their bio, you can see the clubs that they're following. And right now, the only way to DM or directly communicate with anybody on Clubhouse, and you will hear people refer to our DMs are open, or you can DM me, that means they have linked their Instagram. And that's the only way that you can do that. So if somebody says, feel free to DM me. That's what they mean. Go to their bio, click their Instagram, and you can do all this while you're in the room, and it won't take you out of the room. And then you can follow them or DM them on Instagram. And then of course, your red bars at the top of your phone. So you can click right back into the clubhouse app anytime you want. And it will allow you to do that. There's also a feature at the bottom of the room while it's going on with a little plus, a little um, like plus sign. And that allows you once you have people that you follow, that maybe you're in other rooms with or other interests, that allows you to decide to ping them into the room. Now they don't have to come in, but if they have their notifications turned on, they can be invited to know this room is currently going on. 
which is a good feature. Um, because those of us that are in Clubhouse a lot understand that you're under no obligation to come into a room just because someone has invited you. And that kind of leads me to talking about notifications. So to turn them on or not. If you really want to guard your private time, turn off your notifications during that private time. But I have gotten really good at a couple times a day, just going in and clicking delete on my home screen with all the notifications I've gotten several times a day, because I decided that as long as it's a day that I'm open to Clubhouse, I don't want to miss one of the rooms that somebody I, I'm taught wants to uh, speak in. So I do leave mine on, but I hear lots of people turn them off. And, and so you just have to, if you turn them off, which is what I did for the first couple of months, I was technically on Clubhouse and I wasn't aware of anything that was going on in there before I wasn't using the app. So do I like the app? Well, you've heard me say I'm spending a ton of time on it. So I really, really do. However, however, I have some cautions and some things to share with you that I think will be really valuable, um, especially if you're considering using Clubhouse for one of the two same reasons I do. So I'm going to go into grief in just a minute, and I'm going to go into that whole thing because I have some really, like, I have some really pretty firm opinion on it. So I'll leave that for my wrap up here in just a few minutes. But let's go a little more lighthearted at first. I think Clubhouse is really good for a couple of things. I think it's really good for networking and collaboration in a business space or vocation. I also think it's really probably fun for hobbies and things. If people listen to music, if people, you know, want to have happy hour with friends, that's not what I use it for because I'll just be honest. I don't, <laughs> with what I'm doing with Clubhouse and what I'm doing with the leftover pieces, I don't really have any time on purpose. It's a choice I've made. What I'm doing with the leftover pieces is my joy right now. It is my passion. And so even though, yes, I have other hobbies, I um, am a mild Floridian gardener at this point. We are not We've only been in Florida a little bit less than a year, but because I can grow plants year round, I have a ton outside. So I do have things like that, that I do that are part of my self care, but I'm not using clubhouse for those types of interests. Although you could, I see rooms of all sorts of interest space. I'm using it for networking in the podcasting space. And that's it. My vocation, other than my nine to five, which is just a job for me right now, my, my vocation is podcasting and going forward, the coaching world, the grief, grief space. So that's, those are, that's what I use Clubhouse for. And I love it for podcasting. Um, the connections that I'm making, the network I'm making are just phenomenal. Um, I think some of these people will probably be people that I collaborate with and work with on some level, probably for a long time going forward in the podcasting space and um, business space of podcasting. However, I will tell you that I almost left podcasts when I podcast, sorry for that. I almost left Clubhouse when I was first on it because... I got into some rooms that were not aligning with what felt right for me. And I don't know how to explain that other than that. And I will, uh, I will just say it kind of, cause I'm going to lay it out on the table kind of person, trust your gut, 
find things that align with your value system that feel right. Because there is kind of a seedy, greedy underbelly to Clubhouse. So you just have to be able to know that you're going to have to, one, maybe find people you trust, like the person that invites you into Clubhouse or something, and find people they're following. Um, Listen to what people are saying. If something feels like it's not right, or it feels like it's a sales pitch, or it feels like they're only out for money, then that may not be the right thing for you. And I'm talking about the the podcasting space, but I'll I'll be honest with you, that's probably out there in the grief and mental health space too. People that are just looking for clients or whatever, and I have mixed feelings on some of that. But just know that reading a bio is really important and trusting your gut. And then if you're not sure, go to somebody else that you do trust and ask them to weigh in. I did that, and that saved me. And I found space spaces to belong within the podcasting and grief space on Clubhouse that I feel really good about. So now I'm finally at the place to tell you the whole reason I made this down the rabbit hole episode today, which is, is Clubhouse a safe space for grievers and mental health rooms? (sighs) So yeah, I sighed. And yeah, I am going to tell you that I've been on the fence back and forth a little bit about this. And here's where I currently am. My opinion may change later. But right now, I do think that Clubhouse can be a very meaningful space for conversation around grief and loss, even suicide loss. I do not think Clubhouse is a safe space. And by saying that, what I mean is the definition of a safe space for those of us that live in a world where therapeutic modalities and counseling and things like that are quite often something that we're actively involved in post-suicide loss. Safe space, by definition, is usually a contractual agreement that the people contained in the room, meaning if it's just you and a therapist or if it's even a support group, whether it's a written contract or an unwritten contract, you're bound by ethics to basically keep everything within the confines of the space and everything, everyone in the space is making a commitment and a contract to the quality of the room and the subject matter at hand. So by definition, Clubhouse doesn't have any way of being that safe space. It is open globally to anybody that wants to be there. So my caution to you is to choose rooms carefully. And if if you hear moderators saying that it's a safe space, here's what I've come to understand. They're not saying it with a malintent. They're trying to create what they think is a good forum and they want people to feel welcome. And it's, it's all good intentioned, but true clinicians and true people that deal with grief and loss are coming to the point of the of understanding because it just takes one wrong person in a room saying or doing the wrong thing 
for it to suddenly be so obvious that this isn't a safe space. And so anybody could be listening to anything you're saying. And so I just want you to realize that it's not a place to go for therapy. It is not a therapeutic tool. And not to say we can't get some form of um, healing or therapeutic needs met by conversing and finding a community. But those are the important words that I would use. Community and connection. So that's for me where where Clubhouse fits is it's a great place to find a community. And it's a great place to connect with people and let that be what that is. And then you can further those connections, or further that community off of Clubhouse, if you are needing it to be a safer space or to go deeper for needs that you find that you have. And that doesn't mean you can't share your story. It doesn't mean there can't be your name, but it just, those are the cautions I have. And we're all grown up, so we can all take it for what it is. We, the three of us that are leading, co-moderating, co-facilitating the Life After Suicide room every Wednesday, take our, our own mental health as well as the mental health of everybody that shows up in our room very seriously, and we are not calling it a therapeutic space. We want to engage in meaningful conversation, and that's part of the reason when these wonderful women asked me to be co-moderators with them, I jumped at the opportunity because that is where my passion is, is creating meaningful conversation so that we can move forward in destigmatizing grief destigmatizing suicide loss, and finding a community where we can all connect. So for me, it was a natural extension of what I'm doing, but it had a learning curve. And I'm glad that I did a bunch of kind of room hopping and checking things out and being kind of researchy. So hopefully, I will have in this 20 minute talk, helped you maybe not waste some of the time that I feel like I did in the beginning trying to learn Clubhouse and whether it was what I could use it for and how I could use it. And it is addicting. Once you find those places that you belong and you find those people that you're really connecting with and getting messages with, you do find yourself, you know, finding um, time for Clubhouse, maybe more than you should sometimes. But by staying in the spaces very intentionally, I have got a lot of value out of it. So I'm going to wrap up today. And I'm so glad that you have stayed with me until the end. And if you haven't already, I would really appreciate it if you would consider subscribing to the podcast in whatever platform you listen to it in. And if you feel led, I would really be honored for you to take a few minutes to rate and review because that's how this podcast is going to grow and reach more people that need to be a part of this community. So that's it for today. Until next time, talk soon, grievers. Grievers.